0: Thank you, God, so much for being our Father, for choosing us, that we get to be a part of you and you a part of us. God, teach us more about that this morning and help us just be able to trust you more. We love you so much, Lord, in your name, amen. Thank you, church. You can have a seat. Amen. Let's get it. 2019. Happy New Year, everybody. I got to choose stuff. That was good stuff. I love that. uh, I love that line that says... Uh, he, he is for us not against us you know I it makes me think about when when my kids were were in sports when they were in school and I'm being very very generous and 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 open when I say that because we had uh, three cheerleaders and then an athlete is what we had and we went all to that cheerleading stuff and I don't know if there's anything more painful than a parent sitting through nine hours of cheerleading competition that's that's just you, that's you paying for all the bad stuff you did when you were a kid that's all that is but you know why we did that it's the same reason you do it because i like cheering my kids on i like seeing them do good and sometimes i was just talking to, emily and i were just having one of those dad-daughter moments right before church this morning and um, i won't say too much because she'll get mad at me because we're still processing our conversation I said, I want you to know something. I'm for you. I didn't even know what we were singing today. And I'm listening to that. I'm getting all emotional thinking about it. I said, your dad's for you. And I'm getting ready to go into church. And I'm thinking, thank you, Father, that you're for me. And then we sing that song. And I'm just, wow, just really uh, uh, blessed my heart this morning. I hope you were blessed by it too. Uh, Thank you for uh, a lot of neat stuff uh, over the holidays. Just had uh, had our biggest day as a church on our Christmas Eve weekend, which was just amazing and uh, you'd be praying uh you know it's kind of funny once 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 you move into the new facility you kind of get that feeling that we're done uh, we did it we moved in we survived some of you that helped us out during the uh the building process it's just hard to believe that this building is the building that used to be all dirty and 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 dusty and and just uh, just a mess and now it's this beautiful clean uh place where we could come and worship the lord together it doesn't have to be beautiful it can just be a little tent somewhere out in the middle of a field but god gave us this great facility uh, so we could talk about all the great things that god does in our life and how that god's mad at not not mad at you he's mad about you and he loves you and he wants a relationship with you um but kind of we kind of get that feeling that things are done and it's all good and we can just kind of chill and now we're we've got a lot of work to do church because we don't want to be the same church we were in 2018. We want God to do an, even a greater work in us in 2019. That, that, that includes all of us. I know that's personal, but I know that's also something we want to do together as a church. Hey, I want to invite your attention, if you have a Bible with you, uh, to Luke chapter 5. Uh, we had a lot of folks that uh, joined us in our reading the Bible this year. Uh, it's not too late for you. You say, oh, it's already done. It's, you know, first week of January is over. No, it's not. Uh, You, if you're not in a Bible reading program, some kind of systematic Bible reading program, I would invite you to join. Get in one today. Either go old school and read the paper. How many of you prefer paper over electronic? Okay, nothing wrong with that. Get your Bible out and just open it up and start reading it. Uh, If it's too much to go, uh, Old Testament right now because you're coming down from the holidays to start in Matthew. And read the New Testament through in about five or six months. Just read a little bit every single day. Uh, we have folks that are doing the, through the Bible in a year. We have another group that's uh, doing the Bible through in, in 90 days uh, that have a goal to read the Bible through a, f- a few times this year. And uh, just a lot of accountability and a lot of uh, positive, uh, positive peer pressure. We need to do that. We need to be encouraging each other uh, in, our, in our relationship with Christ. And I appreciate Kevin uh, and uh, Marianne talking about our Wednesday night stuff. Please be here Wednesday night. Men, we have a great, great, great group for you uh, Kevin Teenan leads that does such a team leads that, does such a great great job back from his honeymoon ready and roaring to go for the Lord amen Kevin amen. Yeah, the man um, how, how would you like to be somebody that gets married and runs into your pastor on his honeymoon that's kind of like the last person you want to see on your honeymoon but we had we uh, we actually didn't know it but we scheduled we both scheduled a trip to Las Vegas uh and so we finished their premarital counseling three days into their honeymoon and so far so good you guys are doing a great job we're proud of you so I, we're uh, we're in the series called just jesus and we're going through this section on miracles over the next probably month or so and uh we talked last week about how miracles uh do two things they draw attention to god's power and jesus did it to demonstrate god's love he would provide now there's different kinds of miracles we talked about miracles over nature uh, miracles of provision uh and and things like that today we're going to talk about uh, a miracle of healing and uh it's kind of a neat story because you know there's so many times that we you know that 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 that, that god I, I love the verse in psalm 19 verse number one where it says the heavens declare the glory of god and the and the firmament or the atmosphere displays his handiwork." Uh, When we were in Vegas, we were drive. we drove, we took a day and just drove, Uh, Kim and I have a a, a kind of a bucket list goal, Uh, we want to hit all 50 states uh, in our lifetime. Right now we're on 44-45, and we have uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, uh, Idaho, and Nebraska left in the continental United States, and then when that's all done, we're going to take a cruise to Alaska when we're 92 years old, so um but we have to get to that center part of the united states and we look forward to doing that but we were coming down out of the mountains we we specifically got in our ta- car and found the shortest route to utah which was through arizona only in about an hour and a half from uh, las vegas we we're driving through the mountains we saw the red rocks we just saw this beautiful beautiful display of god's handiwork and just we were just in awe by it It was just really really beautiful and we're coming back uh, into Las Vegas, and it's like 15 miles away, and we saw Las Vegas. And 10 miles away, you still see Las Vegas. And, you know, it just really helps you understand, even when you're in a big city like that, how small it is compared to what God made. Yeah. You know, we build pretty big things, and we kind of get all pumped up by that. But God has created everything, and, and he, is, uh, he is all-powerful, and, and, and we celebrate him this morning as we talk about him and draw attention to him. And that's why Jesus did miracles. To, to draw attention to god but there was these miracles that jesus did that were very inclusive of other people around him and i find it really interesting because the fact of the matter is uh, god really doesn't need us you know we need god we we desperately how many of you need god every day say amen, amen. we need god today i'm looking forward to eternity you know and all that stuff there's going to be donuts in heaven, Dr. Brian. I guarantee you that. No, there's going to be no guilt eating in heaven. Can I get an amen for that? Right? We we'll won't have to go to the doctors anymore. We we'll won't have to, you know, my, my friend Daniel uh, Larson, who does our sound booth, who's thinking about coming in, but he's not coming in. He's kind of on the precipice of walking into church this morning. If you want to look at him and embarrass him. Everybody turn around and say, hi, Daniel. Daniel. Good to see you, Daniel. Uh, Daniel likes to, likes to remind me about how good the cowboys are doing. And i'm going to tell you something i'm kind of rooting for the cowboys for this reason let me finish my sentence i want the eagles and the cowboys to play in the nfc championship game together oh. let's pray father we're done service today <laughs> but um i just i just had a, one of those squirrel moments anyway so Daniel likes to send me these little text messages reminding me about how good the cowboys are and him and his wife get me stuff sometimes and just kind of, just, they just like gigging me a little bit. But um, we, it, it's kind of funny how when, when, when you see a display of God's work in your life and you go, man, I feel really small right now. Yeah. You know, um, when you see mountains or when you see just beautiful things in nature so on and so forth and and i i, I know that the, the great part of heaven is that the perfection no sin no crying and all that stuff we look forward to perfect bodies i was telling you about i started to talking to about daniel a little bit daniel has this great thing he said a couple weeks ago that i love uh you know you're getting old you know, That kind of sounds like a little comic routine you're going to start right you know you're getting old when daniel said this a couple weeks ago you know you're getting old when you wake up and you're sore from sleeping. <laughs> now, every laugh you heard was from somebody old because do you ever wake up sore from sleeping? Like when you're a kid, you're just unconscious and you wake up and you're revived and you're ready to go and you're blah, 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 blah. But when, sometimes when you get up and you're kind of, you know, your 40s and your 50s and so on, you get up in the morning like, oh, what's wrong? Oh, man, I'm just, I'm worn out from sleeping. Wow, was sleeping that tough on you last night, you know? We've got the biggest mattress, thickest mattresses with the, with the revolving... The whole world, nobody sleeps better than, and more comfortable than Americans do, but we still wake up sore. It's incredible. So when we get to heaven, we're not going to wake up sore anymore, and we're going to be really thankful for that. But there's these things that Jesus does when he includes people to be, to be a part of a, a big thing that he's going to do. And, and that's what this story is about here, and it's about doing your part Uh, let's let's read this story Luke chapter 5 verse number 17 God's holy inspired preserved word says this one day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat um some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this guy who's this fellow who's this person who speaks in blasphemy who can forgive sins but god alone and jesus knew what they were thinking why because he was god he was he was god in the flesh jesus christ god's son he knew what they were thinking you know sometimes you can know what people are thinking by looking at their eyes you know do you ever you ever talk to somebody and you you, you know and you you, you kind of could tell when they're checking out you know like your kids you know what i mean you're talking to them. You're talking to them about what they want for Christmas. They're like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm listening, Dad. What you doing? I want you to know what I'm saying, Dad, right? And they get our attention by the big cries. But sometimes when we're talking to them about things that don't interest them, they just kind of go, and they just go into this other netherland. Uh-huh, 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 right? Jesus not only saw, I'm sure that there was some eye rolling. I'm sure that there was some, who's this guy I think he is? And the, but Jesus saw their hearts you know, because he was God. And the Bible says, his, this is his response to what's going on inside their hearts. Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? And then he tried to reason with them a little bit. And he said, what do you think is easier for me to say this? Your sins are forgiven? Or is it easier for me to say, get up and walk? So he's not comparing the command itself. <clears throat> he's actually comparing the effort it would take to say the words. He, that's all he's talking about here. It's kind of an English lesson. What do, what do you think it's easier for me to say? Uh, is it easier for me to say to this guy, "Get up and walk," or is it easier for me to say, "Your sins"? It, both take the same amount of effort out of my mouth, is what he's saying. But I want to say to you, uh, but I, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So one of the things we talked about last week, introducing this 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 section on miracles, is is God used his son, Jesus Christ, let, gave, him the, gave him the power, right? He had the power to perform miracles to demonstrate his authority here on earth. One of the verses we, we read last week was the disciples who knew Jesus, followed Jesus, saw the miracles he did. One of the miracles, one of the many miracles John chapter 20 teaches us, there's not enough books in the world or volumes to contain all the words and the works and the miracles that Jesus did. There's a lot of things we don't even know what Jesus did that, that, that aren't written inside this book. Many, many other miracles, I'm sure. We, have, we, have, we don't even have an understanding of it. But the Bible says that even though the disciples saw all this stuff, they said about Jesus, their, their, their recollection or their, their firsthand uh, thought about Jesus performing this kind of a miracle when he calmed the seas and, and the storms, what kind of man that even, even the, the, the wind and the sun and the seas obey him. He was demonstrating not only God's power, which is significant, he's all powerful, but he was also demonstrating his authority. In Colossians chapter 1 it says, he is before all things and through him all things consist. Right? He created. John chapter 1 teaches us that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the same was in the beginning. Uh, and then he says in John chapter 1 verse number 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. God has the authority, not just to command the wind and the seas, not, but he has the authority, which is a greater thing, to forgive sins. I love Romans chapter 116. It's kind of one of those anthematic, you know, let's go out and kick some butt for Jesus verses. He says, I, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And then he says this, it's really, really significant if you think about this. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The power of God unto salvation. Now if you think about this, Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God spoke. And things just came to disappear. He spoke. Jesus said, here, which is easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. So, so when God spoke, things, things came into the universe, right? They just, they just appeared. They, they, he created them. He spoke them out of nothing. We say we create things. We really can't create things. We can make stuff with things that already exist. We really can't create like God did because we can't make something out of nothing. But what, what, what God is teaching us through these miracles is, is, is not only his power and strength, but his authority. Jesus had the authority to forgive sins, just like he had the authority to calm the seas just like he had the authority to heal just like he had the authority to raise from the dead and even to raise himself from the dead he had authority because he is before all things and through him all things consist so it's a demonstration of God's power which is really great so for really great for us to understand as believers so he says so he said to the paralyzed man he's done talking to the Pharisees I tell you get up take up your mat and go home immediately the man stood up here's a key in front of them right in front of them that means the pharisees saw a lame man who wasn't lame anymore and there's other people the four dudes and we're going to talk about the four dudes that brought on to jesus doing their part but but those guys that were doubters haters and and what are haters going to do three things haters are going to what hate, haters hate, hate. gonna hate 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 they're going to hate I want to tell you something, if you ever want to accomplish something great for God, right, I don't even know if this happened to you uh, this week, maybe it may, listen, reading the Bible through in a year, or through a period of time, or just reading your Bible every day, that's a big commitment, and you might get some people, oh, you can't do that, that, you can't do that, you, you may have made, we, we, we've asked our church to do some crazy giving commitments this year, we're going to ask our church to keep doing that, because we have great stuff that we want to accomplish for the Lord Jesus Christ as a church. But you, as soon as you want to take a step out and do something for God, haters are going to do what? They're going to hate. They're just going to find something wrong with what you're doing. Jesus, when he wanted to, to, to do this miracle, he he, he told he said this, your, your, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees just did what they do. They doubted their hate. And there's always going to be doubters and haters in our life when we want to do something for God. There's always going to be. I want to tell you something. Don't get discouraged by that. Um it's easy to feel that discouragement when, when people kind of, you know, just sometimes it just gets too much. You know, I, I, I like, um, I, I'm the kind of person, you know, all of us have these different love language things that we work through and figure out, uh, but Kim and I will be married 34 years in May, and I'm pretty sure I almost have her figured out. Hit me on my 50th anniversary, I think I'll even be closer, but I know I won't get there till we see Jesus in heaven someday. But the thing about understanding one another and, 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 and our love languages and, and something like that is, uh, we always like to speak into or give the love that, that that's, that's easy for us to do because it's the love that we respond to, right? So I'm good at giving the love that I want, but I'm not always good at giving the love that other people want because... I have to figure that out because it's this mystery, you know, figuring out women. Guys, you're never going to do it. So just don't, you know, Amen. but just do the best that you can do. But I, 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 think it's very, I think it's very significant here when you think about all the different ways that, 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 that we like to be poured into. But I don't know if anybody, no matter what your love language is, maybe you're just, you don't care what anybody thinks or, or, or you're very, very sensitive Sometimes it just beats you down when people just are, are just, rah, and you're just, there's just yuck and, and, and meanness and, and hate around you. Man, God help us if people never experience that in our church. Man, I don't want anybody ever to say the testimony of our church is those people are mean or those people are yucky or I walked in the door and somebody told me I couldn't do this and I got yelled at for that. Man, that's, let's not ever let that happen in our church, amen? You know, these guys were hating because haters hate, hate, hate. And Jesus did what he does. And and, and Jesus made sure that these haters saw that this guy was healed. So immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, went home and he praised God. Everyone, including the Pharisees, they had to go, (gasps) everyone was amazed, gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and they said, we saw remarkable things today. Doing your part. So we see, we understand the miracle, we understand God's demonstration of power, we understand Jesus' demonstration of his authority. But what can we learn from these four guys? These four guys that broke social protocol to get their friend to Jesus. You know, uh, when when we think of different physical things in the Bible, we compare them to what we're familiar with. When we think of four dudes climbing up on a roof of a house and lowering their friend down through their, through the through the house a hole they made in the roof we kind of think of our house uh, we just had our roof replaced which probably many of you have because we get hail in this part of north texas it happens great business to be in is the roofing business but um so we had our roof replaced and when we had our roof replaced we asked to put a skylight in because our uh living room is just the darkest room in our whole house because it's in the center of our house there's no windows and when th- what they had to do is they had to cut a hole through the roof And it was a pretty big deal for them to do that but as soon as they cut the hole through the roof the light came down and we just just illuminated the whole room it was kind of cool and so when i think about four guys climbing up on the roof of a house i'm thinking about my house right so what do they have like a skill saw or a jigsaw or whatever you would have to and, and we understand back in bible times the construction was a little bit different than it is now uh, maybe there were roofing tiles on there maybe it was palm leaves the, the roof had to be strong enough to hold these five people because four people took another guy on top of a roof where they kind of pulled apart the roof to lower the man down. Maybe they had ropes, maybe they had sheets, maybe some kind of apparatus where they were to lower him down so he sat right in front of Jesus. And the reason they had to do that was, was because the house was filled. There was too many people. Maybe Maybe in Christmas you had a Christmas party with your family or over New Year's where the house was too full and there was nowhere to go, there was nowhere to sit. Uh, some, some of you like being in big crowds of people like that, and it's lots and lots of fun. Some of you, I can't wait to get home and go in a room be alone and be by myself, and you're kind of a loner kind of person. This place was packed. They couldn't get this lame man to Jesus, so they tried to figure out a way to do that, and the only way they could figure out to do that was, we gotta, we got to bust open, because here's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to speak and do what he does, and if you read through all the words and works of Jesus Christ and all the historical accounts of things that took place, there's a, especially in the book of Mark, it says straightway or immediately, many, many times, immediately he left, immediately or straightway, immediately he did this. And what would happen was Jesus would heal and the Pharisees would want to go arrest him or go question him or go do something yucky. And the Bible says that Jesus left immediately and they couldn't find him. There's many times that that happened in Scripture. And these guys knew that if Jesus did what he was going to do, and left immediately, then we're going to miss our opportunity to get our friend to Jesus. So we've got to do something really, really crazy. We have got to break social protocol. They bust. Listen, they busted up a roof, no matter how rudimentary it was, or maybe how, uh, maybe significant it was. They busted up a roof of a house that wasn't even theirs. They didn't climb up because if it was their ha- if it was their roof, they would have been in the house, right, hosting the party. Hey, we're having a Jesus Bible study today. Come on in, everybody bring in your Bethmore books and bring in your, you know, Bible study books and your marginal stuff and your new Bibles. We're going to have a Bible study for Jesus today, right? They brought everybody in. Somehow, right, somehow the Pharisees were in there, right? So the Pharisees were probably invited because the person that owned the home knew, man, if I get the Pharisees, if I get these religious dudes in my house and I am the biz right? I am the man to get all these important religious people in my house to listen to Jesus. Can you imagine having somebody really, really significantly important over your house, all your friends that would want to come, you know, that, that, that's what happened, who you haven't, you guys want to come over my house tonight, yeah, well, we'll see what's going on, well, Jesus is coming over, I'll be there, what time's he coming, right, I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened, pretty important person, I mean, Jesus is pretty, you know, kind of high up there on the level, so all these important people in there, and these four guys, my lame friend, how are we going to get him to? that's kind of funny to say that, right, Sounds like a joke. There's, there's these four guys I had a lame friend. He was really, really lame. But lame mean he couldn't walk. He couldn't get there on his own. So these guys broke social protocol. They did something that, that you just wouldn't do. And, and sometimes I, I really relate to that because there's many, many times that Kim and I will go places or do things or even conversations that we'll have. Or things that I'll even say in church and I'll look at my wife and she'll just go like this. We put something on Facebook this week, and, you know, I did it on purpose because, uh, you know, you, you hear that phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, well, she's, one of our friends said that to us, and she says, not in our family, what happens in Vegas gets talked about Sunday in church, so I, I, I put that up on our Facebook this week, and it was a direct quote of my wife, but there's times I'll say some things and she'll go, well, what are you doing? Like, I'll, after church, I'll, how was church today? She get to talk, yeah, do you see these new families? And she always gets excited because she get to meet new people or this, this, or this. And she'll give me a little report of everything that took place in the hallway and all the dumb stuff that Tammy Young said. And you know, just kind of, just kind of stuff like that, right? And we'll get, but there's, there's sometimes when we get in the car and it's quiet, I know. Said something I shouldn't have said. All right, what did I say? Well, you know, for a guy that's 52 year old and a pastor, you shouldn't say that. Yes, ma'am, I'll go back and look at the tape this week and blah, 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 blah. But you know, well, sometimes we break social protocol and it, does, it gets attention. Now, can you imagine sitting there in the living room of a house, the Pharisee, you know they had good snacks, the Pharisees are coming over. They didn't do leftovers. They had some really, really top-notch snacks there. Uh, probably some good donuts or something we shouldn't be eating. And, and they, they hear this rumbling up on the roof. What's that up? Oh, the kids, somebody threw a ball up there, don't worry about it, the roof opens up. Stuff got in the Pharisees' lap. Stuff even got in their snacks. These stupid people, the stupid, right? But what can we learn from, from what these guys did for their friend? Well, here, here's, here's a couple things I, I want to submit to you today. The first thing is this, that we can learn from these four men that took their friend to Jesus that you and I can absolutely believe in the healing power of Jesus. I don't know if you have anybody in your family right now that's sick um and and sometimes we, we have to be very careful of this uh when we talk about praying because christians kind of have it's kind of part of our weird code language hey can you pray for this person uh they're sick and what we always say yes yeah we'll, we'll pray for them right uh, but have have you prayed a prayer that somebody has asked you to pray because they've asked you to prayed it and you, you kind of remembered it and you said it and you, you kind of perform your obligation you know, there's, there's times in church people will come up to me and they'll say, hey, pastor, can you pray for... Her? And I'm going to tell you something. If I don't have a notepad or my phone on me, most of the time, uh, I'll, I'll stop. My friend Johnny, I uh, was talking to him a couple weeks ago back there. And he was sharing me with something in his life. And, 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 and he said, just pray about it. I said, well, just pray now. Because I didn't want to forget. Because sometimes I'll do that. You know what I mean? I, and all of us can be guilty of that. But there's there's sometimes we pray out of the obligation of saying what somebody else has asked us to say to god you know can you be with this person you know they're they're sick right now kelsey's dad we thought it was a broke a twisted ankle turns out to be a broken leg so don't go to the first doctor go to the second doctor right but uh he's got a broken uh shin and he's you know you feel bad for him but he's on a cruise so it's kind of balanced a little bit i'll go with a broken leg on a right that kind of a thing but that's that's a tough thing, but we pray for him, right? We prayed for him because what we're obligated to. Can you pray for their sick? It's something that happens a lot in church. Every time, ninety percent of the time, we get a prayer request on our, our warehouse church prayer uh, website page. And at the end of the service, make sure we put that up on the screen so people know how to get onto that. If you're not a member of that, you can be praying, and we can also uh, you can remember other people's prayer requests. You can share your prayer requests. We we keep that one private, not public, because it's because we just want to you know. Uh, be respectful of, of different prayer requests that people have but we feel very obligated hey we got to pray for this person sick but there's something about doing something about it now i don't have the power to heal but i have the power to pray uh, i don't have the power to to lay hands on somebody to heal them but the bible teaches me that 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 that, that when people are really really sick they go before the elders let pour oil on them and we've done that before, lay our hands on them, but nothing, nothing magical happens in my body that gets transferred into their body. But there are times that God just does things that are inexplainable, thus a miracle. But there are times that God wants us to take that to Him. Listen, not just, and here's the difference, there's, there's, there's one thing of saying it, but there's one thing praying it and believing it that it's going to happen, and invoking the attention and the presence of God. Uh, Have you ever prayed, one of the things I told uh, one of my girls, something they're praying through, I said, honey, you know what, I'm going to give you all the advice that I can. But listen, sometimes it's just between you and God, and you're only going to find out about it through prayer and fasting. When you are doing everything you can to let God know. And listen, sometimes we say, fasting means you're doing everything you can go to get God's attention. Listen, I think fasting uh, fasting is us making sure that we're giving God all of our attention. You know what I mean? We're, we're setting aside our physical needs and our physical things that we need to have every single day in our life and giving that time to God because we need to focus on God a little bit more intently than we do. Have you ever prayed about something like that? Where you're like all in, like you are consumed, and that's what happened with these guys. And why did they do this? I'm going to tell you something. How embarrassed would they have been if they busted up the roof, dropped their friend down, and listen, they didn't have the 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 mechanical apparatuses and the things that we have today of convenience that we have in the United States, they probably dropped him down in some kind of a satchel or a mat or really, really awkward. He may have been tipped upside. Well, let the other side down a little bit. It could have been a really, really weird thing, but you want to talk about weird? How about if they dumped this dude right in front of Jesus and Jesus said, I don't have time for this. Or what are you doing? I'm talking to the Pharisees. We're having like some holy huddle here with some good pudding or something, right? No. That would have been embarrassing, right? But, but these guys believed. Listen, they believed with intensity. And they did something about it, church. They believed in the healing power of Jesus. So here's the second thing we can learn from this. Do whatever it takes to get people to Jesus. And that means sometimes breaking social protocol. Right? We're not supposed to talk about social protocol. tells us we shouldn't talk about religion. And we shouldn't talk about politics. I want to tell you something. If you want to talk about religion, don't talk about politics. I had people say to me, this November, last November, the presidential November that happened. Why don't you talk about politics more? Because I want to talk about Jesus. And I'm not better than anybody else that talks about those things. But if I talk about the person that I vote from, this is my conviction. If I talk about the person I vote for personally, and I'll tell you personally, I've had people have lunch with me. Hey, can you tell me I'd like to talk to you about this, this, and this, and da-da-da-da-da, and da-da-da-da-da, and, and want to have a conversation. I'll do that. I love talking about that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to do it here, and I'm going to tell you why. Because no matter who I identify myself with, or who I voted for, I instantly alienate half of our church. Instantly. And you don't need to know who I vote for. You need to know who I believe in, and that's Jesus Christ. If you want to buy me dinner, I'm there. I'm coming. I don't say, Richard, do I ever say no when you ask me to go to dinner? Never. Ever, 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 ever. We can talk whatever you want to talk about. You buy me food, I'm all yours, okay? But, but it's interesting how sometimes afraid we are of political correctness and hurting other people's feelings when it comes to talking about Christ. Let me ask you a couple questions this morning. And I want you to respond with, with enthusiasm and loudness like some of you people that were cheering for the local football team last night were, okay? Do you get that? <laughs> Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and raised up from the dead three days later so that you can have a relationship with him? Yeah. you believe that? That's good. Hey, we're, we're, we're getting close to being a brother church now, and I'm liking this. I'm liking this vibe right now. I'm just telling you. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ has the power to forgive and heal? Ready? Do you believe that when you die, you're going to spend eternity in heaven with a perfect body forever and ever and ever in the presence of the Lord? Do you believe people that don't know him aren't going to do that? Do you believe that Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 15 says that whoever's name is not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire? But we don't live like we believe that. We don't approach our day saying, everybody I come in contact with today may not know Jesus. How can I invoke spiritual conversations just to get out of church invite?" You know, we do a lot of times we do cards to invite people to come to church, and they're great tools. I love those. When we were coming home on the plane the other day, we met a cornerback. You talk about a guy that has a, 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 like a dual personality, and he's got to have some counseling done. He's being interviewed and being considered in the draft by the Eagles and the Cowboys. I said, buddy, that's an easy decision. I said whoever's going to pay you more that's where you need to go to play for right come on that was a little bit of a submission there but kim looked at me and said did you give him an invite to the church see some we don't think about that all the time we don't think about maybe god intersected this person in your life so that you could invite them to church so that you could just pray for them, so that you could just speak words of kindness and love into their life. Listen, so you can do whatever it takes to get them to Jesus. Believe in the healing power of Jesus. Do whatever it takes to bring people to Jesus. Number three is this. When Jesus met this guy, who took care of his greater need and his lesser need. His greater need, his greatest need was for his sins to be forgiven. That was his greatest, number one, big picture, eternity need. What, what's that saying my barber shop used to have this saying up there if you, if you if you give a man a fish you feed him a meal if you teach him to fish what's the rest of it you feed him for a lifetime right uh, th- this man needed to be healed that was a short term his life got a lot easier and a lot more convenient at that point but check this out if he hadn't have been born lame or uh, got lame somehow if he hadn't had this physical infirmity He might not have ever met Jesus either. So there's a little part of that too we need to understand. But Jesus took care of his sin need. That was his his eternal need. But he also took care of his physical need. Your sins are forgiven you. Now you can get up and walk. Your greatest need is taken care of. I'll take care of this. This is nothing. This is a bigger need. But both are easy for me to say and take the same amount of effort because I have authority and power. Is what Jesus was saying. He took care of his greater need and his lesser need. But here's the most important part. Do as I say, not as I do, right? That's, that's sometime, sometimes it's how we live. We need to be willing to go to the feet of Jesus and be lifted up also. One thing that, that, that plagues Christians, and I believe this, and I'm saying this firsthand about myself too, carefully. Uh, I was reading in a, in a book. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. It was really, really good. About, it's just a statistical book about Christianity and churches and and leadership and things like that. One of the things the author said was that he believed through a study that he did and interviewing churches and so on and so forth that most Christians spend about five years of being really on fire for Jesus Christ. And then we kind of move into this. We graduate from inviting people to church, we graduate from teaching, we kind of get that been there, done that with Christianity. And it's time, well, it's time for other people to do that. It's, you know, I've, I've done, done my time. I did the nursery thing. I did the youth ministry thing. I did this thing. I did that thing. Oh, we gave already. It's somebody else's turn. And when we kind of get, we had to be careful for that uh, because we we, we we have to make sure, we have to make sure that we don't get that been there, done that-itis when it comes to Christianity. Well, I've invited somebody to church before and they came, and they got saved, and now it's Chris Williams' turn to do that. Right? And now it's Nick's turn to do that. and And sometimes we have to be very, very careful that we're not expecting other people to do what we're not willing to do ourselves. Somehow these men believed at the cost of social protocol being being broken, at the cost of embarrassment, at the cost of busting this guy's roof up that didn't even belong to them. They believed that if their friend got to the feet of Jesus, that Jesus would lift him up. Perhaps one of them was healed. If we get them there, I know, because look what happened to me, right? The Bible doesn't teach us that. doesn't say it didn't happen. doesn't say it did happen. Maybe they saw it happen, but somehow they had knowledge. Somehow, whether it was firsthand, first row, third row, or from afar, or just from what other people said. But they believed that they got their friend to the feet. So, so, so do you believe that if you place yourself at the feet of Jesus, that he'll lift you up? Do you believe that if you have some kind of sickness in your life that, that God can heal you? Oh, know, well, yeah, but we're not Pentecostal. It's not about being Pentecostal or, 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 or a Baptist baby. Here's what it's about. It's about believing in the power of God. Do you pray believing or do you pray out of duty? Well, I'm supposed to pray, but I don't, you know, I don't really think it's going to happen. Well, maybe that doesn't happen because God knows your heart whether or not you're believing when you pray. God rewarded the faith. This guy, what did this lame dude do? Ouch. Ooh! Be careful. He didn't do anything. He got bumped and dinged. And what are you guys doing? The Bible doesn't even say. He asked them. to do. There's another miracle story about a man who was at this pool called Bethesda. And he said to Jesus, Jesus said, what are you doing? He said, hey, could you do me a favor? When the water moves a little bit, that means an angel wing hits the water. Can you push me in so I'm the first guy in? Because the first guy in the water gets healed. What did Jesus do? Well, I'll just heal you. I'll just do it. And, and and sometimes we ask and we don't believe. God wants us to ask and believe. But are you willing to go to the feet of Jesus for your marriage to be healed, for your addiction to be healed, for your financial stress that you're dealing with in your life to be healed, for your sins to be forgiven, for your life to be changed, for your heart to be made brand new, for a family member that may need healing, for, for a broken marriage that may be in your life and may not be yours but a dear friend of yours? or something that's wrong in somebody's life around you, do you, pray, do you pray and believe? Do you go to the feet of Jesus wanting him to lift you up? We can't do and give what we don't believe is not true. If I stand before you today and say, church, give your lives to Christ, he'll change your life, and I've never given my life to Christ, then I'm a liar and a hypocrite. If I tell you, church, pray, believing, and I've never done that myself, then I'm a liar. If you invite your friend to church and say to them, God will change your life, and he'll give you a new heart and a brand new start, but you don't believe that's true about you, you know what that means? Our words are what? They're powerless. They're powerless. And our word's powerful? Yeah, God used words to speak creation into existence. God used his Words to forgive this man of his sins. And then he used words to heal this, to heal this man of his, of his physical brokenness. And God loves you and wants to forgive you. And he wants to heal you. And he wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal your marriage. He wants to give you forgiveness. He wants to listen. I don't know if there's anything in the world, anything in the world. When I read about things that God expects me to do in the Bible, right? Sometimes it gets. Sometimes when we read about giving, we get, oh, talking to some of our leaders this morning. It's hard to talk about giving sometimes because it's so personal. But you, if you think about it, if you think about it, giving's kind of an easy thing to do. There's some management things you need to do. But the truth of the matter is, the, the math always says, it's called God math. If you give, He's going to give back to you more than you ever gave Him. Boom, that's what the Bible says. Pretty easy to talking to another brother in our church this week that did something unbelievable for our church and came up to me and said, Pastor, that thing that happened last week, I already got it back. And it wasn't $10. It was a miracle amount of money. That's what God does. But that's, that's, that's just, that's math. It's easy. I want to tell you something that's hard to do that God asks us to do. Forgive. Whew. I'll give, Lord. I'll give more. But don't ask me to forgive that person. He was a junkyard dog and hurt me. That teacher hurt me. That adult in my life hurt me desperately. See, God wants to heal all those things. But we can't invite other people. Listen, you can't drop a friend down through this roof. If you came in the church this morning, there were some buckets on the floor because we have some leaks in the roof, which is cool because it's going to get fixed and it's covered. It's just one of those things that happens when it rains a lot. So over there where there was a bucket this morning, that probably would be a pretty easy place to, to, to dig up and drop somebody down for healing, right, where there's already some. But right here, what if Jesus was right here? Do you believe enough to say firsthand to that person, you need to get to come to Christ? You will not believe what he did in my life. you got to go see him, man. I can't move. I got you. Come on. <laughs> I wonder if the guy said, man, I can't believe you guys brought me to Jesus, but you could have let me down a little slower. I hit my head. I mean, maybe something like that happened. But you know what they did? They did everything they had to do to get their friend to Jesus. And what happened? Forgiven and healed. Let's break social protocol. Let's just do it. Let's go out and do something crazy. This. Let's talk to everybody about Jesus. Let's invite everybody we know to church. Let's find a reason to go talk to that grumpy neighbor that we have next door that's mean. You know? I don't know hardly any of my neighbors because I always come in my back door when I'm coming up my my alley to come to my house. I always open my garage enough so I don't have to stop my car. So the only time my car stops coming up my alley is when my garage is coming down. I don't get to see anybody. I'm gonna park out front a couple days this week. Maybe I'll see somebody. But find a way. Break social protocol. Do whatever you have to do to get your friends to Jesus. Because God wants to, listen, God wants to do a miracle in their life. But don't forget, He also wants to do a miracle in your life too. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we love you so much this morning. And I want to thank you.